So I hope that you're starting to get a sense of the terrain of these practices, that these are different than uh, mindfulness practice where we're just being with things as they are, that these are active. We're, We're consciously, intentionally creating a certain mind state and uh, they are reflective. We are using the imagination, creativity, and thought to support the generation of that mind state and it's uh, to, to generate it, to deepen it, and to sustain it. It's this uh, wonderfully dynamic and multifaceted realm where we, we get to use so many different aspects of ourself. We use the body as the foundation for, for presence and groundedness. We use the heart, the uh, empathic sense to connect. We use the mind and the cognitive sense to Um, both to point the attention to the specific quality by using the phrases um, and also by using the meaning of the words to help uh, enhance or refine the uh, quality in the heart. And they, um, they all bear in, in common this um, empathic foundation of this uh, resonant quality of the heart to receive experience and be affected. And they all share the, um, the simplicity or singularity of focus, that there's just one thing that we keep coming back to. So with... With gratitude, it's that feeling of, of gratitude. With mudita, with appreciative joy, it's that sense of the, the empathic celebration, the joining in the happiness of another and continuing to come back to that quality. So I'd like to take some time to see uh, if there are any questions or comments or experiences from the afternoon that you want to explore together. And uh, again, that invitation to um, hear uh, a variety of voices and experiences. So if uh, if you haven't shared yet over the course of our weekends, uh, there's a very warm and open invitation to, uh, to do so, but there's no obligation. I just had a question related to um, the various meditations that we've done relative to compassion and all that. So we're imagining and we're visualizing um, somebody. um, But you also mentioned the fact that when you had the experience that you were suffering, there was compassion that you felt inside you and you teared up and and that actually helped you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my question is related to 
if we visualize somebody and mm -hmm. we are mentalizing and the person is very sensitive, mm -hmm. can that person actually feel something? Oh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I'll, I'll say two things. Um, one, like if we're sitting here and you're thinking of somebody a hundred miles away, do they feel, you know, something? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but who knows? Um, what I can say, though, and I've seen this in myself, is uh, that through these practices, if you're sitting here practicing compassion for someone, the next time you see them, you you will you will you may experience them differently. You may relate to them differently, and they will feel that. Is that helpful? Yeah. Okay. Other questions, comments, or experiences. Um, this last one, mm -hmm. Dita, um, brought up for me kind of uh, my least favorite quality, mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> or one of my least favorite qualities, um, which is when I get kind of petty and selfish about having time for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm here, this is my favorite place. Mm -hmm. Earth and mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I was feeling so much gratitude for that, mm -hmm. and then I felt it slip away when I was like, "Oh, but then I have to go back home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I'd rather just live here for the rest of my life. <laughs> just like stick a little yurt up on the." <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm thinking, you know, oh, but when I go home, then my husband, we trade off retreat uh -huh. time. So I get this. And then when I go home, he gets his retreat time. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, trying to build my mudita. For him, right. Happy yes. for him. Uh -huh. He gets his retreat time. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I am genuinely happy for him. But then there are times, you know, there are times yeah. when it's more petty and like, oh, sure. well, I want to. Yeah, yeah. time away from my eight-year-old to go to do something I want to do and he yeah. wants time to get yeah. away to do what he wants to do yeah. and we get into that kind of like yeah. Yeah. the greedyness yep. of wanting our own time yeah. and so anyway just working with that yeah. if you have any thoughts about yeah. that yeah can anyone relate? did anyone have craving or greed arise? yeah so remember these um we learn what appreciation and celebration are, are by experiencing what they're not. We learn what true compassion is by becoming more and more aware of what compassion isn't. So, as I said yesterday, that one of the kind of paradoxical aspects of these practices is that at times they actually call forth either their opposite or, uh, you know, the, the near miss. And um, in, in, one, in one way, sometimes they're talked about as purification practices. And it's like we, we touch into a, 
uh, a moment of really pure mudita, of just really purely feeling happy for someone else. And then it's like the, the strength, the clarity of that moment then reveals the other moments when it's not that clear. And we start to feel that that much more distinctly in contrast. So the, so the process is one of just continuing to be aware when we're not in that space, of just knowing that, of knowing, oh, this is, this is craving, this is, you know, this is that energy of wanting more for me, this is greed. And um, as, as I said yesterday to, to Jude's question, it's like the first, the first movement is to see if there can just be a setting aside of that and coming back to the quality of appreciation, of appreciative joy with the phrase, with the image, or the person that you're focusing on. Um, if not, then you can turn towards that quality. You know, so in this case, it would be the, um, the greed and to just begin to be mindful of that. And so it might change to compassion for yourself to notice the suffering in that kind of small world of me, 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 you know? And not to judge oneself, but to just recognize like, oh, this oof, this does not feel good, you know? May I, may I hold this with care and tenderness and bringing compassion to it? or the other option of just just simply being aware of it with mindfulness, putting down the, the practice for a, a short time and just observing that space of wanting, wanting to feel good, wanting more for myself, noticing how it feels in your own body, maybe even reflecting some on where does it end? When do I ever get enough? You know, does this actually give me the satisfaction that I want? The peace of mind that I'm longing for? Or is it found another way? So to, to use wisdom to engage with it as a way of unhooking from the, the story that if I just get more, then I'll be happy. I want to just see the folks who haven't shared yet this weekend. So this woman behind you, Rochelle, and then Dan. And then if we have time, we'll come back to you. Um, in my introduction, I talked about my struggle in the search for home. And I think this particular quality, um, the gratitude, mm -hmm. made me very cognizant of the fact that I'm looking for a huge joy. But in fact, the little joy is cumulative. Yeah. And that my search for home up to this point has been much more physical and spiritual. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'll just repeat what you said. Um, so one was that uh, just noticing that in connecting with gratitude, it wasn't so much some big joy, but just noticing the small things and a kind of cumulative joy in the little things in life. And then also uh, I heard you say something about that, that Recently, your search for home has been very much a physical search for home, um, and but that you're realizing that maybe you want to invert the order and have the sense of the, that spiritual home being primary for for yourself. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and could I speak to that? Yeah. Um, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, Bob Marley once said, my home is always where I am. So, you know, I think there's that, there's that sense of when we're at home in ourself, that that's, that's a real accomplishment. There's, a, there's a, a, a sense of being able to rest at ease in the present moment with whatever is happening. And that's, that's the, 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 both the promise of this path and also the practice of this path in the sense that the, the, the means and the end are not separate. So we are practicing every moment learning to be at home with what is. And these particular qualities um, go a long way to help us do that because they protect the heart. They protect the heart from, from greed and jealousy and cruelty and ill will by cultivating these qualities. And it, it gives us a way to be with the uncertainty and challenge and difficulty of life with more ease and resilience when these qualities are present. And what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful shift, what a wonderful perspective to have that insight to say, regardless of where I'm staying or where I'm living outside, I can always live here at home. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about our true home, you know, in the, the address of the here and the now. So that sense of always arriving in, in this moment and learning to be, to be at home in the, in the unknown which is the truth. And the elusive quality of the elusive mm-hmm. I'm not sure I follow the elusive quality of um, I think the sense of home in a spiritual sense um, the sense of home in a defined spiritually is um, it is rooted, but at the same time, it travels, and so in that it is an elusive. It has an elusive quality. Therefore, mm-hmm. the way I come back to it is that's why I'm here to practice. Yes, right, right, yeah. And that makes sense to me. Yeah, not just cognitively, right, but bodily. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Dan, and then Rochelle. Thank you. Um, in the society and the world we live in, it, it seems to have bred certain competition uh, in the workplace or even with friends, which, which tends to breed a little jealousy and envy sometime. And I was struck by uh, the fact of doing the opposite, lose the jealousy and envy allows one to regain the joy of others. Mm. And then dwelling, bouncing that back and having the joy of others and then realizing how good I feel here Mm -hmm. and then bouncing that back to them. Mm. um, It it kind of makes me want to call them and say, 
guess what I did this weekend, and this is what I've learned, and mm. I thought of you. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Some folks that I may have been having problems with. So mm. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Beautiful. Wanting to wanting to share your uh, your sense of connectedness and appreciation for them. Yeah, yeah. The ending of suffering is a joy indeed. So maybe uh, maybe last question or comment from Rochelle. Could we just get her a mic? Oh, you have it. Ah. Um. So. I find this practice particularly difficult for me mm-hmm. because I've lost a lot in the past few years. Yeah. Um, so I decided to start out small. Like it's easy for me to do with a cat. So I like went down and I found a lizard and I was just like in awe of it. And that's why I was late. Cause I was like, just, mm-hmm. it was just this, like I had, I don't know. It was just very joyful moment. But what I started struggling with is that, um, it kind of turned into this like almost dread or agony because I was like waiting for the lizard to run away and then it just wouldn't run away. And I was, I kind of like wanted it to run away because I was like dreading the moment that it would. And it was, Mm -hmm. I was noticing that that was happening and just trying Mm -hmm. to like enjoy, be really happy about Mm -hmm. like that moment that I was sharing. But at the same time I had this urge to like, reach out and like either bring it closer to me or push it away because like that that moment of mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. just like endless yeah waiting yeah. and knowing that at one point the moment would be over was like mm-hmm. really painful and I know I realize it's a form of attachment so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you yeah have anything to say about that experience with joy I mean I think that's probably a common yeah experience. yeah it's um yeah there's there's a there's kind of an insight there into how how we create suffering for ourselves by trying to hold on to pleasant experiences and how that, that very desire to make them last uh, kind of destroys them. It destroys our capacity to really appreciate them and be present for them. And like you were seeing, actually can start to lead to um, a reactive dismissal or rejection almost of of the pleasure. Well, it's just going to end anyway, so you know. And then the heart the heart closes or hardens, and um, the yeah, you know the there there there's there's two antidotes. One is insight, and the other is is kindness and compassion so that the more the more deeply we start to see not intellectually not like i know this is going to end in the thought but the more we actually see that the moment with the lizard is ending every moment it's not even really here it's changing so quickly when we actually start to see that directly any desire to hold on naturally begins to release. Because we see that the, the perception of s- stability and permanence is an illusion. So this is, this is the, the result of the insight practices. 
and alongside cultivating cultivating kindness and compassion helps to uh, uh, to buoy the heart so and you know in particular when we've when we've lost a lot um, there's a need to grieve there's a there's a need to grieve and to have space for that for that mourning but uh there can also be um, like a, a discovery, a rediscovery of the joy and wonder in life in those small things. There's, um, I'm blanking on her name now, Darlene Cohen, Zen teacher who wrote the book Turning Suffering Inside Out. Have you read that? You might like it. She had terrible crippling arthritis in her hands and her her body, so such to the point that she her periods couldn't function. And in the book, she talks about how her condition forced the pain was so great, was so intense that it forced her to start to be to refine her awareness, to start to be able to notice other kinds of sensations, much more subtle sensations, the sensation of the wind or the air on her face or the touch of her clothing, to start to be able to appreciate other things that that are present as a way of balancing the, the loss and the grief. I hope some of that helps in some way. Yeah, okay. So why don't, why don't we close our, um, our day uh, chanting And we'll, we'll chant the uh, the same one we did yesterday at the end of the day on uh, on the the middle page in here, the reflection on universal well-being. But uh, I think maybe before we chant, it's a little bit of extra time. I want to just read. Uh, read a poem that uh, that your question made me made me think of some of you may be familiar with this this poem it's called kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye before you know what kindness really is You must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go, so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. 
how you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. I think there's a way in which the, the grief and the, the sorrow or the pain that we feel, it, uh, when we can include it, when we can meet it with conscious awareness, it, it opens us and it, and it opens the heart into these, uh, these more expansive and profound uh, places of kindness and compassion and connection with something that's, that's deeper than our own life or our own self. So let's, let's close with, uh, with a chant. And um, if you pay attention, you'll see that this chant goes through all four of the Brahma Viharas, starting with kindness for oneself and then kindness for others and then compassion and then uh, appreciative joy and then finally equanimity in the end. Now let us chant the reflections on universal well-being. May I abide in well-being in freedom from affliction in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may I maintain well-being in myself. May everyone abide in well-being, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may they maintain well-being in themselves.
themselves. May all beings be released from all suffering, and may they not be parted from the good fortune they have attained. When they act upon intention, all beings are the owners of their action and inherit its results. Their future is born from such action, companion to such action and its results will be their home. All actions with intention, be they skillful or harmful, of such acts they will be the heirs. May the compassion of kindness and joy that we've shared and experienced today open and strengthen our hearts that we may be a force for good, a sign for peace and kindness in the world. And may the effects of this practice and our life spread out far and wide, that there be more peace, more safety, and more freedom on this planet. So thanks so much again for your practice today. Just a reminder in going home to take it easy. Try not to get too busy or push. Uh, and pay attention. Pay attention to uh, what comes up for you and try to see if you can bring some of these qualities of kindness and compassion or sympathetic joy to, uh, to whatever you experience. So see you in the morning around 10.